0: Good morning. Welcome to Riverview Church Online. It's great to be with you this morning. Now, last week we began a new series called Authentic Abundance, and it's from that text in John's Gospel where Jesus is recorded as saying, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, or in abundance. And that's from chapter 10, verse 10 of John's Gospel. Now, last week, we noted that this life in abundance is a life in pursuit of Jesus. It's like chasing him down in our lives. In fact, this full life of abundance is Jesus. It's, it's both from him, but also it's accessed through him, through his life. So the life of abundance that he's talking about is life that he gives where we were spiritually dead. Now, if you didn't catch that first message, I really recommend going to our videos section on Facebook and go find that. It's worth it so that you know where we're coming from this week and stay up to date with what we're saying in this series. Now, this morning, I want to tell you a tale of two lavender bushes. Now, honestly, I realize that with this analogy, I am swiftly losing any chance or any hope I ever had of being one of the the kind of cool pastors. You're probably thinking I didn't have a chance in the first place anyway. Now, in my garden, I have two lavender bushes. I bought them both in the same shop, the same day and time. Uh, I, I planted them at the same time, in the same garden, in the same soil, like quality, good compost. I water them both in exactly the same way and I prune them in exactly the same way but like to my astonishment, one of them is flourishing. It's, it's doubled in size, it's flowering beautifully. I mean, it looks stunning and, and the smell is amazing. You only have to be around it to kind of catch its fragrance and it's attractive. It's attracting bees and birds and butterflies. There's three bees for you this morning uh, to it. So it, it's really attractional as well. Now the other one, it's alive, but it's doing nothing. It's not getting any bigger. It's all like pale leaves and no flowers. It has no distinct beauty about it. The only way that you're going to get its fragrance is if you crush its leaves in your hands. So it's alive, but it's not flourishing. It's, it's got nothing and nothing is attracted to it. Now, I know what the problem is, and I know some of you are going <laughs> to diagnose this for me. appreciate that. The problem is, I'm sure you'll agree, is it, it's not positioned well. It's, it's not in a place where it can receive the, the the sun. So it's overshadowed and it's strangled by the plants around it and it's alive, but it's not producing. Now, it is still a lavender plant. It still smells like lavender if you give it a good crush, but it, it's missing its beauty. It's, it's missing its fruitfulness. It's, it, it's not being lavender to the full. It's not as God intends it to be as a lavender plant, and it it has life, but it doesn't have abundance. Now, for the lavender, life and abundance is about positioning and placement so that it may be nourished and grow and be fruitful and beautiful and attractive and then purposeful. Now, authentic abundance is found, it's achieved by positioning and placement. So we position ourselves so that God is situated in his rightful place in our lives so that we may be nourished and grow and be fruitful and be beautiful and attractive and purposeful. That is a healthy, growing believer. So let me ask you a really tough question this morning. Do you have a positioning problem? You know, if you're not growing as a believer, if you're not flowering, if if the fruit in your life is scarce and then what you do have seems to always taste bitter. If you're being overshadowed with doubt and fear and uncertainty, and if you're being strangled by shame and guilt, if you're missing out on spiritual nourishment because other things have taken priority in your life, then you, you may well have. A positioning problem but but don't worry if you can diagnose that this morning because God the, the great gardener of souls uh, can still cause you to flourish Jesus still wants you to know fullness of life in him to access his life in abundance but your position has to change or be changed so we're going to have a look at how, and to do that, we're going to go to Matthew 6 verses 31 to 34. And I know we kind of touched on these in another message recently, but this is a different angle that we're coming from on this. So Matthew 6:31 to 34 says this: "So do not worry saying, "What shall we eat?" or "What shall we drink?" or "What shall we wear?" For the pagans, run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them." But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, I just want to point out that everything that Jesus has spoken about in what is called commonly the Sermon on the Mount in in chapters five and six and seven of this book, they all find their culmination in this very point. Seek first the kingdom of of God and his righteousness. Everything is pointing to what his kingdom is, his rule and reign and what his righteousness looks like. And it states powerfully that this is what we are to prioritise and pursue as of first importance if we are to follow Christ and therefore experience a life in authentic abundance. Now seek first that is how we are repositioned. If you're wondering this morning, if you're recognising, diagnosing that you're in the wrong position and wanting to know how to change, here it is. Seek first. That's how our position is changed. We seek first. But we have to do this continually because we get distracted. We, we forget. We, we stray. We, we're easily attracted to shiny new things. Uh, And we have lives that are full of busyness that we often excuse as important. Uh, And so we have to keep repositioning ourselves. It's a, a conscious continuous. And it's not simply that we have, you know, a protected quiet time in the day that we give God like the first fruits in terms of hours. Because when the hours are squeezed by our circumstances, they become minutes. And then when the minutes are squeezed, they become seconds. And when the seconds are squeezed and there's no time left to give, we become the squeezed. It's the life within us that is squeezed out like that, that drab lavender bush having to squeeze its fragrance out of it. We have nothing beautiful left to give. We can't expect that it is enough simply to cram in a quick study or read a quick devotional or have like a a daily verse pinged at our phone from an app, like something to top us up before we get going in the day. And I'm not saying that these things are wrong. I'm not saying they're wrong things. They're good, they're beneficial, they're life giving things. I use them myself. So I'm not saying don't. I aim to put aside time every morning where I can. But sometimes we can treat these things like a breakfast cereal bar or like a pot noodle, you know, like a a quick snack to have on the run because we have no other time. Or perhaps worse, sometimes we can view these things like some kind of holy fortune cookie or horoscope. Just, I want to get to the blessing. I want to get to hear something that's going to encourage me and then I can get on with my day. And now I'm not... Suggesting that we change this legalistically, religiously, that we we force ourselves to do more. That's not the point here. You see, authentic abundance is about life and relationship to the life giver. Now, these things should be about positioning ourselves continuously to, as James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's, It's meant to be. It needs to be as continuous as breathing. I don't wake up in the morning and think, right, I should really breathe for 15 minutes and then get to bed at night and go, before I go to sleep, you know, I, I should really spend some time breathing. I do it throughout the day. It is natural to me. We're not supposed to be segmenting our lives like, this is mine and this is God's. Not to be seen like some, once or twice a day action that satisfies, but rather a constant and continuous, through the day position of will and attitude that eventually becomes natural like breathing. And now there's a huge sense of priority in the seek first. Priority is that which we deem to be of first or highest importance. Now, when I get on a plane, I trust that safety is a priority of the pilots and crew. It's kind of ironic, isn't it, that Eddie did the notices this morning with his captain's thing on. You know, I, I trust... That safety is a higher priority than getting airborne on time or ensuring that the food's on board or that the minibar is stocked, that the entertainment's sorted, or even that all the passengers' bags are on board. You know, I'd rather get to my destination and have no clothes to wear than not get there because the plane went down because safety wasn't a priority. Now, Jesus is saying, Put this first, seeking. Before you look for anything else, before you seek out any other solution, before you search for any other answers or rationalisations, any other fulfilment, any other need, before you crave any other flavour. He's he's not saying... You know, guys, you have to use your common sense about this. And he's not saying, guys, you need to look after your material needs first. You know, I understand. And so, you know, try and find some space to seek in amongst all of that. When you've got a moment, after all the important stuff. He's saying, make this a priority as if your life depends upon it, because surely it does. Make this a priority before everything. Even important things, even things like your reputation or your career, even before things that are necessary for life itself, like food or clothing. It's simple, but it's astoundingly difficult. This is a completely new and entirely different position from that which we are used to or even comfortable with. It defies our natural instincts and our common sense. Now listen, if you are living a life in abundance, then people will look at you and question your priorities. Uh, They will scratch their heads because of your positioning uh, and it challenges their logic. But They will see the beauty and the life of one being nourished and transformed by the presence of God. Uh, And then his life, his presence becomes attractional in you. His life becomes like light in you that is like shining like a city on a hill. And yet sometimes we take that light and we stick it under the table. We want to be lights that shine in this community. So seek first. It's not the final or the only instruction for the believer or for the pursuit of authentic abundance. It's the gateway. Seek first is the gateway. What what are we supposed to be seeking? Well, Jesus says his kingdom and his righteousness. Well, how do you enter the kingdom? Well, surely you enter a kingdom through the gate, through the borders. Well, where or what or who? is the gate well it's Jesus Jesus is the gate and and therefore we could say enter the kingdom through Jesus the gate and therefore seek Jesus and his kingdom and his righteousness first you know the kingdom is God's rule and reign Seeking the kingdom means to be seeking the parameters and the boundaries, the the social structure, the expectations, the requirements of citizenship. It means seeking the governing rules and also letting go of my own preferences. You know, in the first Back to the Future film, I don't know if this is your bag or not, but in the first film it finishes with the line, Roads where we're going, we don't need roads. And I think there are a number of people who believe that because of grace, we can say rules, where we're going, we don't need rules. And how have we come to the perception that rules are bad? I mean, the abuse of rules is bad. Pointless rules are just annoying. but, But rules are required to protect freedom from anarchy. Now, Honestly, if football rules were up to me, it'd be quite a different game because you wouldn't need to run. In fact, you wouldn't be allowed to run if football rules were up to me. You wouldn't be allowed a goalkeeper on the opposing team. For that matter, you wouldn't be allowed a back line or a midfield. And in fact, actually, the, the, the strikers would have to have their left leg tied to a spade. That's my kind of rules for football. In fact, actually, no, you know, it would just be me kicking a ball against the garage. <laughs> I mean, imagine that World Cup. It'd be amazing. It'd be over in seconds. You cannot authentically live out life to the full without accepting the terms of the kingdom. And if you want to see what the kingdom looks like personified, then you see God's righteousness, his his character and his actions. They're written on every page of the Bible and they are physically represented and manifest in Jesus's life because he is the living Logos, the Word of God. So you look at Jesus, you look at how his character is positioned in relationship to the Father. You see how he lives, how he speaks, how he acts, how he loves, how he challenges. And we don't try to impose our own cardboard cutout of our own preference or desire for what we think Jesus should be or what we think we want him to be we let Jesus be Jesus we, we let him speak and we let him define who he is and then what we should be as a result we let him transform us and reposition us whatever the cost to be more like him And we need to let him to be, we need to let him be more like himself and less like our version of him. Oswald Chambers in his book, um, My Utmost for His Higher says, Are you learning to listen to God's voice before you speak? Or are you saying things and then trying to make God's word fit with what you have just said? Now, as I bring this together in my 20 years or so as a Christian, as a believer, I've observed, I think, five positions of faith or five main types of faith, if you like, uh, that I've seen both in the church, and in myself. I'm not speaking about other religions here and I'm not speaking about those who have no faith or are searching but have no faith, but I'm talking about those who identify as believers, who would say they are followers or disciples of Jesus Christ, that call themselves Christians. And like the, the lavender plants, these, these positions will greatly affect the nourishment and the growth And the fruitfulness and the beauty and the attractiveness and the life of the believer who holds that faith. I'm going to begin with the most starved and the most malnourished two positions. The first position is this, Photoshop faith. Photoshop faith has no substance. It's all about religion and culture and society. Photoshop faith might look alive but everything is about keeping up appearances it's a plastic lavender plant and you know what my parents my my mum, my stepdad lived like this through my childhood they went to church on a sunday and nobody would have spotted that there were anything less than role model believers and yet during the week was such a different story uh, you wouldn't even believe it was horrendous And my mum gave her life to Jesus. She made that plastic lavender plant alive through Christ just before she died. And I praise God for that. Uh, The second one is emergency faith. Faith that activates in a crisis. Emergency faith lies dormant until it's needed. It's subservient to more important things in our lives for most of the time. But when the storm comes... It'll throw out a rescue line and it'll cry out, save me. Now, I want to say this with sensitivity. But both of these first types, these first positions, they're not really faith at all. If you recognise yourself in either of those two Descriptions. Then i implore you please talk to us so that we may help you to meet the one who is so much more and who is able to give you life in fullness please please do that moving on the next one is weekend faith this is about sundays and wednesdays you know weekend faith might even be busy serving on volunteer teams and whatever but there's no abundance it's alive it's like that wrongly positioned plant that it's alive, but it's not growing and it's not flowering. And similar to that is bookend faith. It's just a step forward, really. It might bookend the the day with like a morning quiet time and an evening prayer time. But whatever is in between is considered to be mine. You know, God, this is yours and this is yours. Everything in the middle is mine. It's genuine, but it's compartmentalised faith. It it may be desperately trying to reposition. Maybe it even recognises that there is more, but it still believes that more is found in doing Christianity, rather than in being a child of God. And so that is bookend faith. And then we come to our final position of faith. And this is where we want to be. This is where that flowering, beautiful lavender plant is. Saturated faith. It's drenched in the presence of God. It's walking with God. It's enjoying Him. It's listening to Him. It's speaking to Him. It's following Him throughout the day, like breathing. And it doesn't need the proof of an emotional experience because it is also defined by trust. It's growing and it's flowering and it's fragrant and it's beautiful and it's attractive and it is authentically abundant. Now, as for me, I've been all of those last three different types as a Christian. Alive, but not always fruitful. You know, not always attractive, not always enjoying his abundance. But you know, God doesn't want a bit of space in my life. He wants it all. And abundance can only be experienced through total all in, sold out, fully devoted, an utterly obsessed pursuit of the living God. Now, I need constant repositioning. So, what's your current position? Wh- which lavender bush do you think represents you at the moment? Or which of those five positions of faith do you kind of see yourself in? Are you recognising a positioning problem? Authentic abundance is found in allowing ourselves to be positioned so that God is situated in his rightful place in our lives so that we may be nourished and grow and be fruitful and be beautiful and attractive and purposeful. That is a healthy growing believer where are you and where do you want to be do you want to cry out to him this morning and say God reposition me so that I may flower and grow and be beautiful and attractive like we are repositioned not by what we do but by what we seek by how we seek and by who we seek Amen.